When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPNU, all the great ESPN stations across the country, the ESPN app, Sirius XM 80, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Browns Radio Network heard on ESPN Cleveland, 850 WKNR. With the call yesterday, the Browns were down in this game, 14 nothing. They were down 24-9, and their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, who was bad in the first half, proceeds to go 14-14 of and a touchdown in the second half and leads them back to victory, a game-winning field goal to seal that game, one of five walk-off field goals in the NFL yesterday. And I know this, the buzz around Cleveland this morning, guys, they have a franchise quarterback. That's the feeling that I know that Riz... And Hammer and Oldak and everybody on Really Big Show, Evan and Gerard on Next Level, all are sitting there saying, we got our franchise quarterback. Now, they paid for one a long time ago, but do we feel like they got one today? They feel that way after one half of football. Hell no. (laughs) One half of football. Yes, that is the feeling that they have. It was a very good half and a very impressive win. Don't want to take that away from the Browns or Deshaun Watson. But I'm going to need more than one solid half of football to let me go there and say that he's going to be a franchise quarterback. The the sample size that we have of him in Cleveland is far worse than it is good. Yeah, no doubt. But yesterday in the second half of that game was the first time we could say – that we've seen the version of Deshaun Watson that the Browns actually traded for, right? That that would give you shades of the guy that we saw with the Houston Texans. And I guess that would be the point or the biggest takeaway from yesterday's game. Can Deshaun be a playmaker for us in a tight ball game and be the difference in terms of the outcome? Mm-hmm. And yesterday, that was an emphatic yes. We talked about the second half numbers. Well, the fourth quarter numbers, seven, perfect 7-for-7, seven seven, 88 yards, a touchdown, no picks, 158.3 passer rating, which is perfect. And then not to mention the scramble that he had with a minute 40 left on the clock from the Cleveland Browns 45-yard line. The guy ends up having a 16-yard scramble to move the ball in the field goal range. That's what you're looking for. This guy was banged up in that game. Throughout that game, he was taking a lot of shots from that Ravens front seven. Mm-hmm. Justin Matabike, Jadavion Clowney, those guys were teeing off on him. And yet he stayed in the game, he fought through the ankle injury, and he found a way to make plays with his arms and with his legs to put his team in position to win that football game. I think what he showed in those moments of brilliance is enough to allow this team around him, which is a very good team, to play with the requisite level of confidence that it takes to not only compete for this division, but to compete for a title. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that the Cleveland Browns are Super Bowl favorites. What I am saying that. At their very best, they can compete with and beat damn near anybody in pro football. That's the difference, right? So when you look at this team and you just project out, let's say the AFC Championship game is where it seemingly always is now, in Kansas City, (laughs) right? 
Who amongst AFC teams could you project in that moment, in that environment, in that cold, against that quarterback and that coach with now that defense and Taylor Swift watching along as I have to give in there definitely together now when he Travis goes to Argentina and she's singing, you know, Karma is the guy of the Chiefs. Okay, I'm in. All right? You, you win, Smalls. Who can you project out to potentially have a shot of winning that game when they're at their best? I think the Cleveland Browns are on that short list. Because how good that defense is, because if Deshaun Watson has the one half that you're referring to, it may be enough because of that defense and that running game when everything's clicking. That And the coach, by the way, is now a plus, right? Kevin Stefanski's done an excellent job, I think, done an excellent job this year of kind of surviving without Deshaun Watson, that they are on that short list of teams that you could see maybe possibly everything breaks their way actually beating the Chiefs on the road in Kansas City. Yeah, we kept saying that they have such a strong defense and so much talent on that team that they were a quarterback away. Unfortunately, we didn't see the quarterback that they needed until the second half of the game yesterday. Mm -hmm. And also, again, I don't want to take anything away from Cleveland because that was a great statement win for them. But let's talk about the Ravens and the turnovers. It's it's not as if the Ravens didn't have opportunities to steal that, that part, game because yeah. they did. It's not as if the Cleveland Browns absolutely destroyed the Baltimore Ravens. They're right there on the same level with them in this game, and they were able to come out with the victory. But Lamar had has had some questionable turnovers. And I know, CeCe, you keep bringing this up, but in moments where it matters, Lamar tends to turn the ball over. He has 12 turnovers in the fourth quarter or overtime of one-score games in the last three seasons. It's the most in the NFL mm. that he has. Mm. 12. It's the most in the NFL in those really critical moments in the fourth quarter, quarter over the last three seasons. That's not what you want out of a guy who's an MVP caliber quarterback who's who you need to get you to a Super Bowl. No, and that's going to make the division race in the AFC North that much tighter, and that's yeah. why I think the Cleveland Browns fans today – are all smiles because you actually have a legit chance at winning this division. You have a legit chance at being the best team in the AFC North and having the record to show for it. Now, in large part, it's because of that defense. And that defense stepped up again yesterday. They had to block field goal at the end of the first half, take away an opportunity for points. They had to pick six in the fourth quarter. I mean, you're talking about Miles Garrett being an absolute terror, hitting, getting hits on the quarterback. Dalvin Tomlinson is a beast. Sione Takitaki had a great play on Keaton Mitchell on a wheel route that prevented a touchdown. It's all of those plays adding up to – to making the game close, to allowing your offense an opportunity to find their rhythm. And because of Deshaun Watson's brilliant in the second half, they actually did. So, again, when you're going into a game as a defense thinking that you've got Phillip Walker or DTR as your quarterback, you realize you have no margin for error. What Deshaun does is give this team a margin for error that allows them to play with the kind of confidence that they need to compete and beat teams like the Baltimore Ravens, especially on the road. Think about this. The Browns don't win at M&T Bank Stadium. If I were to tell you going into this game that they would have multiple turnovers in this game, you would tell me that that's a Baltimore Ravens statement win. And that wasn't the case. Instead, it ends up being a statement win for the Cleveland Browns. And after yesterday, I don't know how you can't take them seriously as a contender. Now, Smalls, I'll admit it, I hate it here because I don't feel like you can trust the Browns. I think they have the widest degree of variance of any team in the AFC. Uh, I mean, I could see them More than miss- the Bills? Yeah, more than the Bills. I could see them missing the playoffs. I could also see them in the conference championship game. Like that That's what we're talking about with the Cleveland Browns. But a big part of why I don't necessarily trust them all the way is because of what I've seen from Deshaun Watson from a consistency standpoint. Now, what I do know is he started six games. They've won five of them. 
So let's let's do a little exercise here. Quick hitting. We can elaborate at the end. I just want initial reaction, yes or no, on this stuff. Okay. Super Bowl contender out of the AFC. We're only doing yes or no's. Chiefs. Yes. Yes. Ravens. Yes. 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 Okay. Jaguars. Yes. 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 Okay. Dolphins. No. 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 Steelers. No. 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 Browns. Yes. Okay. Reluctantly. Texans. No. No. Bengals. No. Yes, but the degree, the margin of error is so razor thin. Uh, I, no. I agree with no. you on that. Okay, no. I say yes. The last one, I'm not going. Sorry, Indy and the Raiders and the Chargers, I'm not going there. Buffalo. I say no. no. I say no. no okay, so the Browns are Super Bowl contenders. That we are not putting them on the level of Kansas City. You can't put anyone on the level of Kansas City because of been there and done that. But it's not crazy to say that when the se- regular season ends, they could be the two seed. Right? Is that what we're saying? That they could surpass the Ravens, surpass the Jaguars, surpass the Dolphins, and surpass the Steelers. The irony of this conversation is we're talking about a team that never hovers around Super Bowl contention, in Super Bowl contention, as a third-place team in their own division, currently. Which is a remarkable thing to think, yeah, we think the third-place team in the AFC North can really make it to the Super Bowl. But why wouldn't you after that win well, yesterday? Well, it's a half game yeah. out of first place. <laughs> and that division yeah. is bananas right yeah, now. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's absolutely crazy. And who thought the Steelers would be in this position? I didn't. There's yeah. no way I thought the Steelers would be there. But, I still don't trust the Steelers. You oh, can't I trust. I mean, I mean, we're talking about not trusting the quarterback for the Browns. Can you trust the quarterback for the Steelers? No. Can he pick it? No. Hell no. But I think if they were in another division, we'd be talking about the Browns sure. as a division sure. leader. You know, Absolutely. Just Absolutely. A, and here's the thing: right at the end of this thing, the Browns could win the AFC North. They could. That, that's how good. Like that's how good that defense is. And again, that defense is going to keep the games close. I get that there were a lot of points scored. I get it. It's uncharacteristic. That defense is going to keep the games close. It's going to be one possession games. Can your quarterback at the end of those games be the difference? And Deshaun Watson showed us yesterday that he could. That's why you trade three first-round draft picks and give up $230 million guaranteed for a quarterback to be able to do what we saw on that last drive that ends up being the game winner. You know, the Cleveland Browns have triggered two league rule thoughts for me because I think about what would happen. Like, just let's use them as, a, as an example. Mm-hmm. The NFL should have the retroactive injured list. IR, whatever you want to call it, and say, okay, well, this guy's been out since a certain time. We're going to do it retroactive to that because the Browns could have added another quarterback during this time. They had to keep Watson on the roster during those times they were injured. The other thing that I would look at is the trade deadline's too early. Think about it. The Browns get that win yesterday. They may sit there and say, you know what? We're going to give up more than we thought we would have because look how close we are to the top. And I think that the deadline is too early. I think it should be this week. This is the week that I feel like, okay, the, there are teams across the league that absolutely know they're dead and other teams know that they're alive. Ain't but 18 weeks in the season. You're going to have a deadline after week 10? Yes, that's when I would like it. Think about the – you don't think the Browns would give up a lot for, to add to this team right now? Versus, I mean, this was the game. This We said it on Friday. We need to see Watson. We're going to know about the Browns and Watson based on this game. Yeah, I guess my question would be, what are the Browns giving up? They ain't got a whole lot of draft capital to offer. <laughs> Not yeah. after the Deshaun also, trade. Also, Deshaun was injured, so yeah. they weren't able to get a, a true read on him and the state of what they had in him because he had been injured. Plus, Nick Chubb was hurt. Yeah. yeah and so. now they could add, but obviously that's neither here nor there. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dots and Pepper call in line. Give us a call at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. We're going to get calls in. Are the Browns legit Super Bowl contenders? Plus, has a rookie become the leader in the MVP conversation? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Unsportsmanlike. I have a bad feeling this weekend about Stroud. Do you? Here's what's happened on this show. We have hyped up quarterbacks, and the moment we hype them up, they fail. We did it with Purdy. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like C.J. Stroud could have a rookie game this weekend? No way C.J. Stroud in Texas is going to be able to keep pace. Not going to happen. Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? So if I'm going to channel my inner CC, I then have to say you guys are bad people. Because that's what, <laughs> that's what CC would say in that spot. Because you notice what's interesting? What? Our crew pulls the bad clip about Stroud, yeah. right? A week ago, I said he's in the MVP consideration. And you came on the next day and said, hey, I, got, I rethought about this a little bit. I think you may be right about this. We may be seeing something. Sure, yeah, we went off of it a little bit. I didn't hear the good stuff. Did you? No, I didn't, but I was parroting something I heard you say, and then Dan Orlovsky followed it up a little later on in the day. He does NFL Live, comes on at 4 Eastern on ESPN. Y'all make sure that y'all tune in for that. But uh, he said the same thing that you said on the same day. Right. And it made me think about it differently. He said, hmm, maybe this kid, maybe this kid is on that track. Now, I didn't think that we were going to see what we saw in Cincinnati yesterday just because of how crafty – Defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo is in terms of running complex coverages, mixing it up, and, and changing the looks pre-snap, post-snap versus uh, what C.J. Stroud was anticipating based on the film. So I, I, I thought that C.J. would struggle processing all of that. No, he didn't. He was just fine. And, at, and, and late in the game was when he was at his best. Yeah, did he throw the pick to open the door for the Bengals? Sure. Tyler Boyd dropping that pass on third down hurt him. Absolutely it does. It could be a different game, a different outcome if he's able to haul that in. But the fact of the matter is Stroud made the requisite plays that he needed to down the stretch with his arm and his legs in order to position them for the go-ahead point. So I just I got to give credit where credit is due. It's the second week in a row we're talking about this kid putting together a game-winning drive, and it shouldn't be a surprise because we saw him do the same thing at Ohio State Smalls. Absolutely. And by the way, to be able to go in to Cincinnati, put up a game like that when the Bengals are absolutely rolling. Part of the reason that we thought that I don't think it was a diss on C.J. Stroud so much as we just didn't think that the Texans in general were going to be able to to 
come to play with the Bengals, who had really been clicking. And we know how when Joe Burrow finds that rhythm, how dangerous they are. I also think, Evan, if I'm hearing the take correctly, it was more of a diss towards us, that the quarterbacks that we yes. hype up yes. <laughs> tend to fail. Not so much a we're doubting anything we're seeing from C.J. Stroud take, because but there's no reason to. C.J. Stroud is now already on the list of you left him too much time. Like, he's on that list now. Yeah. Because if you think about it, they, they kicked the field goal, the Bengals did, to make it 27-all, and it was 133 left in the game. He had the ball on his own 25-yard line. Tie game. Yeah. He's now on that list as a rookie where you're like, all right, well, he's going to win this. He's going to find a way. Because all he needs is a field goal. It's not like he needed a touchdown and needed a touchdown in that spot. And one of five game-winning field goals yesterday in the NFL, and he got that. But it's an amazing thing with this game. Our producer, Duno, sent us a note. So one of the largest payouts on a parlay ever reported by a U.S. sports book came down to that winning drive. A better in Florida, $5.5 million that this better won on a $500,000 Four-leg parlay, okay? So it's Texans to beat the Bengals, check. Texans-Bengals over 44.5, check. Running back Devin Singletary to score a touchdown, anytime, check. Singletary over 51.5 rushing yards. A guy bet $500,000 on that and won $5.5 million. Hello. Five hundred thousand dollars, though. I'm never doing that. That, that seems like a whole lot Jimbo of bre- Fisher, whole actually, lot of bread to stay. <laughs> Jim Jim I ain't got it. nothing to do with it. You have to have a strong stomach and a strong bank account yeah, to be able to make a wager. Yeah, like that. I'm telling you about that. <laughs> but here's the thing: I'm gonna take my dollar, okay, and I'm gonna put it in the bad take jar because I thought that C.J. Stroud was struggling week ten on the jar. in Cincinnati. He didn't. He didn't struggle, and so I'm gonna put a dollar in the bad take jar now. I will also say this. Yes, sir. I'm one day closer, one week closer to taking a dollar out of the bad take jar for the Cincinnati Bengals. Because I put a dollar in last week and said, you know what? Maybe I got to change my position on the Bengals. Maybe they're going to make this thing interesting. Maybe they're going to go into the playoffs. But my rationale for saying that this team was dead and gone earlier in the season was just because it was such a big hole for them to crawl out of. And it's so hard, Smalls, to stay that hot for that long. And Cincinnati was the hottest team in football going into Week 10. Yeah. And we saw them cool off just a little bit. We saw some uncharacteristic mistakes. The back-to-back picks by Joe Burrow. The drop by Tyler Boyd. Those things are not typical of a Cincinnati Bengals team when they're completely healthy. And yet we saw them yesterday. So we'll see what happens. We'll see once T. Higgins is you know, back to full strength and completely healthy. We'll see what version of this team is out there. But, again, they have no margin for error because of the hole that they started in. Their playoffs started back in, what, week six? Yeah. And so they can't afford to drop too many more games. Now, unfortunately for them, they have the toughest remaining strength of schedule (laughs) of anybody in all of football. Well, they have a situation now coming up where they have the Ravens on the road Thursday night. Coming off of a loss. There's an argument that that loss yesterday – Baltimore to Cleveland was worse for the Bengals than it was for the Ravens because the Browns are creeping up uh-huh. and the Ravens now are coming off of a loss, as CC said, on a short work week. That is a, that's an awesome Thursday night game we'll have this week. Every team they play from here on out is 500 or better. The Bengals, every, that is. Yeah. Every team that the Bengals play from now on out is 500 or better. 
Yeah, I really put a lot of my faith in Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Still believing in that. Yeah, you should still, still believe, believe in them. In them. Ma- matter of fact, let me check that, Smalls. Every team but one remaining on the Bengals' schedule has a winning record. Who is it, the Colts? The, the Colts, Colts are is the only five. team. They're yeah. 500. 500. <laughs> that's, that's the only team that's, that's 500. Everybody else has a winning record. Wow. I still think God they're winnable games, though. I still think they're winnable I'm games. I'm not saying they don't have winnable games. I, I guess my whole point is think about how hard it is for them to make the playoffs in the AFC. Oh, their division is so tough. They have the toughest remaining schedule. Their margin of error is paper thin. <laughs> it is a whisper margin of error. They cannot falter at all. And they better hope that some of the teams above them in the division have a little bit of a setback. It's so interesting how the evolution of some of these divisions have played out. Like going into the season, we thought, oh, the AFC East, that's going to be the juggernaut. AFC stinks. The AFC North. <laughs> no, it, we knew the AFC North was going to be good. Well, the AFC North is at elite level of good because they may have all four teams hovering around the playoffs. The AFC South clearly is the best division in terms of best young quarterbacks in the league. Like, not even a debate, right? I mean, you're looking at Trevor, when healthy, Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, who we're talking about. Well, the about, jury's still Anthony out on Richardson. the two guys from Indi- the, the guy from Indy and the guy from Tennessee. Jury's okay, but they out. have them. They have, like, guys that could hit, right? So sure. I think the, the evolution of those divisions is fascinating in the AFC. 888-SAY-ESPN, telephone number to join the show. Is, she, is C.J. Stroud the front runner for MVP? So if you had a vote, yes or no, right now, or excuse me, a name, MVP you're voting for? Stroud. I would vote for him, but I think it would probably go to Mahomes. Yeah, and I'd still, I still probably would vote for Mahomes at this point. Tony in Boston on Sirius XM80. What's up, Tony? Hey, hey, what's going on? This isn't Tony, Evan. This isn't Tony? This is Georgie. Oh, what's up, George? Georgie's in Boston, but not actually a Pats fan, correct? Oh, okay. Uh, BS. Well, speak, Georgie. Uh, get off my bus. You're from Miami. Well, I'm not from my, <laughs> So you don't want me as – now, Georgie – Georgie, can I tell you a story about Georgie? He called Please me do. once on SiriusXM, and he went to dinner with his girlfriend, a blind date with another couple. The girlfriend is friends with a guy. The, the other girl was his ex-wife. Okay. Think about that for a sec. Oh, yeah, you heard and me he, right. And he didn't know going into didn't it? Didn't know going in and didn't say anything the entire dinner. That's awkward. Yeah, you heard me correct. It's, I, you know what? You know what? It's almost as awkward as the Carolina Panthers looking at C.J. Stroud yesterday. <laughs> it's almost no, as awkward. It's no, almost. It's, it's almost that awkward. It's it, almost that awkward. Like could have had you. Could have. Could have had you. I fumbled it. We did have you. We did have you. <laughs> did and we, we almost have it all? And we passed. And we passed did it up. Almost, almost had it all. Anthony almost. in Tennessee at Sirius XM eighty. What's God, up, Anthony? That's so bad. So hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, Anthony? Hey, I was just curious. Uh, you talk about uh, earlier. You talked about how you um, you would you love your your family, your your significant other more than your team. But what if your uh, what if your spouse pulled a Tom Brady and his wife and said, "Give up your ESPN job, or I'm gone." Oh, so if your spouse pulled a Giselle, yeah, we don't so- actually know that part's true, but let's play that out. So. Your spouse says to you, give up your job or I'm gone. Then you don't have the right spouse. I'd be like, wow. how much are you bringing in annually? No, I don't Probably think it's about money. You know, but that's my first question. Okay, <laughs> you want to throw this on the table? Let's talk about the finances. But Smalls, if you were with somebody that's, that gave you that kind of either or, aren't they telling you like we're not right for each other? Well, if we're playing out this alleged scenario with 
Tom and Giselle, if I have sacrificed everything for you over the past 20 years and you made a promise to me that it was over and that it would be my time and then you go back on that 40 promise, days later. <laughs> that's a different conversation. Yeah. By the way, this stems from George Kittle literally saying yesterday that winning football is the, the makes him the happiest outside of his wife. And he had to do the slip in outside of my wife, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. if you don't, that creates more problems than, than you want at home. Oh, we're, we're waiting outside in the parking lot. Yeah. I've got some questions for you. That ain't ain't a great place to be. Lee in Alabama, 107.5 on CJ Stroud. What's up, Lee? Good morning, guys. I absolutely love the show and the format. Uh, Awesome. Um, So, Stroud, I think over Mahomes, I'd love to hear you guys say why that's a no. And a buddy of mine is convinced that Tugavaloa should be the MVP by a mile because if you go straight individual, he doesn't have all the supporting cast he needs. Uh, And if he did, he would be outperforming uh, Stroud and Mahomes. Well, I, so I, I would I would say that Tua actually has the best supporting cast. Right? How yeah, much more does Tua right. need? <laughs> and, and it's not that He's Tua... He's succeeding a lot see, because of his supporting cast. Tua has the numbers to be the MVP. If you actually shuffled where the wins come from and you had some wins against good teams, Tua would be the MVP. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The fact that they haven't had wins against good teams is what hurts his MVP case. That's the reality of that. Tua, Tua absolutely should be the MVP. But because he doesn't have a signature victory, will not be the MVP this year, at least to date. Coming up, the latest on Jim Harbaugh and his suspension next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All of your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Adam Rittenberg, senior writer, college football, of course, for ESPN, joins us now to talk about Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. Adam, why did the Big Ten suspend Jim Harbaugh? Well, the Big Ten, I believe, it had enough information to conclude that the allegations of signal stealing, off-campus sign stealing, which is prohibited by NCAA rules, did happen. And so they believe because these allegations impacted this season and other Big Ten teams, 
that Michigan deserved an immediate institutional penalty. So this is not a Jim Harbaugh penalty from the Big Ten side. Uh, they, they, they needed to penalize the school in their mind, and they did not want to penalize the team, in a sense, uh, directly. So they, uh, they, they went with uh, you know, kind of what, what the NCAA has with its bylaws, that a head coach, even if he or she does not know what's going on uh, in their program, can be subject to a penalty, and that's what they did here by suspending Coach Harbaugh for the final three regular season games. But, Adam, they did penalize the team. You're talking about hours before yeah. kickoff, Michigan realizing that they're not going to have their head coach on the sideline. So I guess my question is, if the evidence that they received from the NC2A was so compelling, why the timing on this suspension? Why didn't this happen earlier in the week? Why are we talking about this taking place hours before Michigan kicks off in the biggest game of their season so far? Yeah, it's a good question. So basically there's a process with the Big Ten sportsmanship policy to impose discipline especially in season. So there's a notification of, of impending discipline, which the Big Ten sent to Michigan. It was over the weekend last weekend. I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday. Then Michigan had time to respond to that notice. Michigan requested an extra day to respond. They responded late on Wednesday. And then the Big Ten uh, you know, was, was going through their response. I was told that the Big Ten needed to access some documents from the NCAA that required Michigan's approval and that delayed the process of the, last, of the final decision that came down on Friday afternoon, as you guys know. So there were some delays in the process of rendering a decision, partly on the Michigan side, partly on the Big Ten slash NCAA side. But it's certainly unfortunate for Michigan to not know what was happening when they boarded their flight to State College. And, you know, as, as I talked to several Michigan folks at the game on Saturday, they were very upset that this leaked. Uh, you know, Pete Thamel, our colleague, reported it. On Friday, before Michigan even got official notification from the Big Ten when they landed in central Pennsylvania. So they are not happy with Tony Petiti. They are not happy with the conference. Uh, but you know, obviously, they got through their first game without Harbaugh. We'll see what happens as a, a hearing looms on Friday in Washtenaw County, where Ann Arbor is located in Michigan, that will likely determine whether Harbaugh can return for the final two games or whether he'll be out until the postseason. Yeah, Adam, I was going to ask you about that hearing. We know, obviously, as you said, Michigan, very upset. We know that Jim Harbaugh and the university has a high-powered legal team. They have lawmakers behind them. So what are the next steps for Michigan as they navigate these waters? Well, right. So they have to prove in that hearing that the Big Ten, uh, in their minds, breached its contract with with the university by using the sportsmanship policy in what Michigan believes to be an inappropriate way and that they did not get due process like you normally would with an NCA investigation. Again, this is highly unusual. Usually the, the, the conference backs off, lets the NCA do its thing, even if it takes a long time, and, and usually a team in the future gets penalized for the sins of the team currently. That's how these things work. This has been different because the Big Ten felt it was so important to step in right now because it, in their mind, it impacted the integrity of the games this season. That's what they're going to argue, that they were in their rights under their sportsmanship policy, and Tony Petiti as a commissioner has exclusive authority to act. Michigan's attorneys, Jim Harbaugh's attorneys, are going to argue that this has caused irreparable harm to the uh, team, not having its coach. Now, I I do wonder, guys, how the results on Saturday is going to impact this because they won without Jim Harbaugh. They they pretty much led the entire game. They didn't look like they were going to be challenged, honestly. Maybe that says more about Penn State than about Michigan, but I do wonder how that enters the equation. But that's going to be the basis for the legal argument 
on Michigan's side. And you need to establish that if you want to seek what's called injunctive relief or, or a temporary restraining order type thing. You need to show that there's been irreparable harm caused to you by the actions of another and that that action then therefore needs to be stopped. Talking with ESPN college football reporter Adam Rittenberg on Unsportsmanlike. And Adam, that's the funniest part about this whole circumstance. The footnote to Jim Harbaugh has been the win in Penn State against a top 10 opponent. I, I just, in looking at that game on Saturday, I can't say enough about what the coaching staff did, particularly Sharon Moore, the interim head coach for Michigan. And I wanted to ask you, how much did the scenario earlier this season with Harbaugh off the field for the self-imposed suspension with the recruiting violation help the Michigan Wolverines in terms of dealing with the circumstances that they were faced with on Saturday? Yeah, I think Michigan is the, the nation's best program at dealing with distractions. I wrote about this before the season because you had that looming NCAA situation with the recruiting violations. You've had their offensive coordinator who was fired in January for these mysterious computer access crimes, and the FBI is looking into it now. They've had a lot. Harbaugh's talked to the NFL each of the last two offseasons. They've had a lot of things that could have sidetracked them, and you mentioned those early games. Now, that now none of those were against teams that are talented – as talented as Penn State, but they at least were used to the idea of a Saturday without a Harbaugh on the sideline. I think what made this different is the opponent and the uh, you know 11th hour nature of the discipline. And, and again, they didn't know. I, I was talking to folks on the field about two hours before the game. They still could have gotten word from a, a judge who was overseeing the case in Michigan to say, He's gotten the temporary restraining order. They had, they had cars ready to get Harbaugh from the team hotel about 20 minutes away from the stadium to the stadium. So they could have brought him over to coach the game, and they didn't find out definitively until about 90 minutes before the game that, that, that you know, there would be no ruling that day. So uh, th- this team, you can, you can certainly have different opinions on whether the scandal uh, was, was really bad and they should have gotten punished worse or it's not a big deal. But the one thing I think you have to give Michigan credit for is that they can handle these things maybe better than than any team that I can see uh, around the country because they've done it now for a while. Adam, over, under, one and a half games coached by Jim Harbaugh the rest of the season. Well, here's the thing. You know, Michigan feels confident, as they should, that, that they can get this injunctive relief, but it, it doesn't get awarded that often. Uh, and I think that one thing to keep in mind is that typically judges do not like to intervene in a governing body's ability to govern, in this case, the Big Ten. They don't want to get into their policies. It's their policies. You, Michigan, and the other Big Ten members have agreed on those policies, and you have to, you have to follow them even if you don't like it. So I, I still think it, it, it's uh, uh, maybe less than 50% chance that they get this injunction on Friday, but it's a high-profile case. It's obviously being argued right there in, in the backyard of the University of Michigan. And you know, whatever judge handles it understands how important Jim Harbaugh is, how big a deal Michigan football is. And so that's part of the equation as well. But I would just caution people, even optimistic Michigan fans, that typically these do not get granted. Adam, we, of course, wanted to ask you about Texas A&M firing their head coach, Jimbo Fisher. Huge payout for Jimbo to get fired. But what went wrong for Jimbo at Texas A&M? Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because the, it wasn't recruiting. They, they recruited at a high level. They certainly benefited from NIL and had a very robust and, and successful NIL operation with their collective. But I, I think part of what Ross Bjork, the AD, said last night certainly rings true is that they just didn't have an identity. They didn't play with the type of confidence on a consistent basis, and they didn't challenge 
the SEC's best team. The, you, the offense never became elite, and Jimbo Fisher was known as an elite offensive play caller. He had great quarterbacks throughout his career, including Jameis Winston, who won a national championship at Florida State with Fisher. That side of the ball, in my mind, never took that next step. And there was just, uh, it was just uneven. You know, they, they have a good game and then they, they struggle. There was never a consistent stretch of success other than in 2020. And so it became very clear at the end, guys, it wasn't going to work with Jimbo Fisher. So when did you want to pull the plug? It would be expensive this year. It would be expensive next year. It would be expensive in 2025. And they just decided, and again, most schools can't do this, but Texas A&M can, that, we, that we're going to pull it now and, and, and start over. Adam, who are the powers that be looking at to replace Jimbo Fisher? Who would be on their wish list to interview for their head coaching vacancy? Well, I think it'll be interesting to see if they look at candidates who have some connection to either the school or the area, or if they hire a Jimbo Fisher type who is a national coach who maybe isn't connected to Texas A&M, but is a big, splashy hire like we saw a couple of years ago with you know Brian Kelly going to LSU, Lincoln Riley, going to Oklahoma and so forth. But I think if, if they look kind of to, to folks that have been connected to the area or to the school, Mike Elko at uh, Duke, the head coach, was a defensive coordinator at Texas A&M from 2018 to 2021, very well regarded there. He knows the school. He knows the, the, the program quite well, even though he's, he's a Northeast guy. So he would be some ACC coach of the year last year that has done a really nice job at Duke. I think Jeff Trailer, who's the head coach at UTSA, um, I know it's UTSA. It's not a, a huge school, but he's a very respected coach in the state of Texas. He was a, a Hall of Fame high school level coach and then has transitioned very well to the college game and, and would really connect with people in ways that Jimbo Fisher didn't. But Texas A&M could take some big swings. Oregon coach Dan Lanning, Washington coach Kalen DeBoer, uh, you know, I think Chris Kleiman, who won the Big 12 last year at Kansas State, those types of coaches you know, could be in their, in their sights. But I think any coach that's at a program, guys, at a a school like Oregon or Washington, has to ask themselves, do I want to leave a program where I can win and that has won for a program that hasn't won its conference in 25 years? If you're confident enough to do it, maybe you do it. But I I think that's something that's certainly in the equation, especially for coaches that are in the mix for the college football playoff, which both Lanning and DeBoer are. Great insight as always, Adam. We really appreciate the time. We'll obviously check in as this Harbaugh story continues to develop here. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Adam Rittenberg, senior college football writer for ESPN. Of course, our signature show on ESPN in terms of college football is uh, College Game Day, built by Home Depot. Ryobi is awesome. Let me tell you why. Saturday, make the cleanup easy with Ryobi 18-volt, one-plus cordless leaf blower from the Home Depot. Coming up, I'm for it. Positive programming with Smalls next. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. 
designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Yes, it is time to smile with Smalls. I'm for it. Positive programming with Michelle Smallman. I do have to pass along some breaking news that may not be as positive. Oh, but no. Okay, Pete Thamel, ESPN College Football Reporter, reporting now Mississippi State has fired their head coach, Zach Arnett. So oh, wow. uh, we have another SEC opening. Paul Feinbaum is scheduled to join us, by the way, in 15 minutes to talk all things college football. But, um, yes, so we have that. Yeah, so we get smoked by Texas A&M. A&M fires their coach, so I guess that means we have to fire his <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Is that so. how that works out? Keep <laughs> up with the Joneses. Is that how it works? <laughs> oh. Yeah, not great. Not right. great Not great to be a coach program. in the SEC West. Not a great day. Not great. Indeed. Actually, is it a bad day if they pay you $76 uh, million dollars to walk away? No, not you said a bad day it right the first not time. Right. You said not it right the first time. Right. You never want to lose your job, but if you have to lose your job, it's nice to have – a lot of money to fall a back on. A lot of money. I don't think those two are going to be the last. I think there's going to be more from the SEC. And I think that the amount of coaches that basically Nick Saban and Kirby Smart get fired every year is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Go ahead, Smalls. Well, let's stay in the SEC, guys. And let's turn up the positivity. All right, let's go to college game day, Georgia and Ole Miss. It was such a scene, a great SEC game. And friend of the show, friend in life, outstanding broadcaster, reporter, Jen Latta for college game day, had a very special moment with a young fan on set. Here's what it looked and sounded like. This is Hunter. He's a little nervous. He said there's a lot of people. Let's show him what we got on the back here, right? Look at that. 84, and there's the Lad McConkey signature. Now, Hunter, I heard that you have never been to a Georgia football game before. Is that true? Yes. He's only a couple hours from here. I think we need to change that this morning, guys. Should we get Hunter to the game today? Come on up here. We've got two tickets to tonight's game. Ole Miss, Georgia, you're going to the game, big guy. How do you feel? He's, he's speechless. Super fan hugging Jen Latta after she surprised him with tickets to his first Georgia football game. Such a special moment, guys, and a moment that Hunter will never forget. Oh, no doubt. That is awesome. That's what we love about sports in general, but particularly with college football. The pageantry, the passion, and then seeing Hunter, a super fan, get two tickets unexpectedly to go to the game to, to watch his Bulldogs take on the, the Ole Miss Rebels and Lane Kiffin. That was, that was awesome. Awesome. I mean, it's two hours away. Like, He's got to pay for the gas and everything. Like, it's going to cost this kid money and his family money. He's never been to the game. I mean, it's going to cost him. Did Jen? I have to ask Jen. Did Jen pay for the gas? Just well, saying. they had the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter on hand. So for there you go. And that might have got him yeah. to the game. There you okay. go. His family right. comes for the pageantry. You're trying to find the negative oh, spin me? on positive programming. This is what he does. Mm. Okay. Well, I know you guys are going to take this negatively somehow, but I'm going to need you to pull out your wallets. Okay. Because... You guys, it's payday. Oh, wow. The bill, the bill has come due. What is more positive in life than love? 
than true love. And we we saw it on display in Argentina this weekend, boys. Travis Kelsey during his off week going to Argentina to support his girlfriend. Yes, that's right. His girlfriend, Taylor Swift, while she was on the next leg of her heiress tour. And we see the video evidence on on the TV side right now. After the show, Taylor Swift running into her man's arms, jumping to Travis Kelsey, planting a smooch on him. We see the effect We see them kissing in public for the first time. She also changed the lyrics of the song, guys. Uh, She said, karma is the guy on the Chiefs coming straight home to me. His reaction was caught on camera. He's smiling. He's blushing. He's vibing to the song. Oh, and by the way... He's watching the concert with her dad, a noted Eagles fan, who was wearing a Kansas City Chiefs lanyard. So even the dad has thrown away his fandom and defected for her man. It is real. You guys need to pony up some cash. I mean, here's the thing that's impressive about it. Getting dad on board Mm -hmm. when you have the the, the best-selling female artist since Barbara Streisand. (laughs) To get dad on board... With the Travis Kelsey train, and uh, this is the guy. Like that's, uh, like I, I, I'm admitting now. I don't know if I owe a dollar for the bad take jar. Maybe I do, but I guess <laughs> I, I, I guess it's a situation. Oh, where, is that a lot of? Cash? I guess it's a situation <laughs> now where it's just like we we can't we can't stand in the in the way of love. We we have to embrace it. We have to it's appreciate real. it. It's a real thing. Yeah, I I don't like things in my pocket. So this is actually my wallet here. I have like a yellow uh, or a pink little scrunchie. That's my wallet. <laughs> Uh, okay, now here's the thing. I'm glad you brought it's up the another dollar. Yeah, I'm glad another you brought up the uh, you guys. the dad angle. As a father of a seven year old girl, I don't know that I would ever cheer for someone like with the guy. Taylor Swift literally said, "Karma is the guy in the Chiefs coming home with me, straight home to me." And straight the home. dad's like, "Yo, that was you!" And like, I do you understand what that means, Dad? Coming home with me? Like, what are you talking about? You no, can't be cheering sh- for that. Straight, straight home to me. I don't know. I'm just Basically saying, as a saying, dad, that's not what I'm rooting for. As soon as he's I mean, got some, some available time, he's Cece, watch the video again. It sounds like you're in denial, though. <laughs> I mean, you have a daughter. I mean, if you have a daughter. Oh, I know. At if some you have point, a daughter, she I mean, will have a significant is. other. Like, it's hey, just what it is. You're smooching in public. The, the significant other is Travis Kelsey. Seems to treat her right. That's right. Has traded up, got him a new crib out in Kansas City to respect her privacy. There you go. So, I mean, he's doing all of the things and saying all the right things. But for Taylor Swift to change the lyrics on the song and talking about a guy in a positive way while she with him, that's, this is this is all new. Yeah, this is all new. She's, she's letting all the world in. know. Yeah. She's letting the world know. That's my man. That is There's my no man. There's no denying it anymore. There's absolutely no denying it. You're, you're right. We're wrong. Bad, uh, so, bad I mean, so, so since Taylor Swift is doing all of this winning with her tour yeah. and now the Eras Tour movie, like, should we just anticipate that the Chiefs are going to go back-to-back winning – Super Bowls. I think we were going like, to anticipate like, that anyway. Like I'm just saying, but, now, but, like, but Taylor Swift is like the X factor, right? Like everybody's talking about the receivers. Oh, Pat Mahomes doesn't have enough receivers outside of Travis Kelsey. I don't think that's going to matter when you got the Swifties behind you now, too. Travis Kelsey MVP, Super Bowl MVP. Wow, it's, it sounds about right. That sounds Can't about you right. See it? Super Bowl MVP. Them getting there, he Absolutely. balls out for her. I can totally. She's see on it. the field post game. Oh, she might be on the field at halftime doing the damn show. Guess Usher, it, get out of the way. Yeah, Usher, bring it out, Taylor Swift. Why not? I can see it. Why not? No, because she doesn't want to step on his toes. This is his his you know time to shine. Well, Anytime they're not she's good at good, the game, she's gonna step good. on his toes because yeah. they're gonna show more of her than they show of him. That's true. That's that's true. Paul, joining us next on Sportsman Like ESPN Radio.
Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.